Welcome to All Turns and No Breaks with Pam and Renee. This isn't an ordinary show. This is NASCAR Talk for fans by fans. Hello, NASCAR fans. Welcome back to another episode of All Turns No Breaks with Tam and Renee. I am Renee. She is Tam. Hey, hey, Renee. How are you, Miss Tam? Renee, I'm doing most excellent. I'm doing most tiredest. <laughs> is tiredest a word? I think that makes two of us. Tired. Tired. I don't know how you guys are feeling, but me and Tam are exhausted. But it's all good because even though we're exhausted, because it's late at night. It's yeah. like late, late. And Renee actually has to stay up. Okay, I'm about to tell all of Renee's business. <laughs> he has to stay up because he has to pick up his son from the airport. And then he actually has an appearance on the radio in the morning mm -hmm. in Oxnard, California, which is like a two-hour drive. Yeah. Uh, well, well it's, it's probably about an hour and a half, but it's L.A. traffic. Actually, it's probably like a 15-minute drive, but anybody knows anything <laughs> about Southern California <laughs> with traffic, it can it can make it a two-hour drive. But and here's the thing: he has to be there at five thirty, right? Well, no, I got uh, uh, I have to be. I have to be in studio by seven o'clock because we're supposed to go in at seven, but we have to leave by five thirty, uh, no later than six because that traffic. And you know, and anybody here in Southern California knows that that traffic is horrendous. But get this: he still has to work his day job. Then he still has to do some comedy stuff. And then you actually drive on Friday yep. or maybe Thursday to Phoenix, right? which uh, is six hours. Uh-huh, which is six hours. So I, I got Phoenix this week. I wish I was in Phoenix last weekend so I could have watched that race. Speaking of which, Tam. That's why Renee's tired. And if you want to know why I'm tired, <laughs> I'm just tired just because yeah. I'm thinking about I'm going to be in Florida this weekend for the 12-hour Sebring's race, mm -hmm. the endurance race. Okay, clearly I'm not the endurance girl on all levels. Yeah. I don't know. Wait, okay, <laughs> let's scratch this whole conversation. I'm going to be at the track in Florida. Mm -hmm. That's all you guys need to know. Next week, I'll tell you all about it. So on that note, and going back to what Renee was saying, let's talk about Phoenix. Yeah, because you were there. You were there. and um, where, where was I? I wasn't in Phoenix. I mean, not Phoenix. God, I'm thinking that you were Be still thinking in Vegas. about Las Vegas. I know. See okay, how tired we we're are? We're tired. No, I was not in <laughs> Phoenix. No, but let's, let it, let's, let's do talk about Phoenix. Let's just kick it off. We're going to obviously talk about Kevin Harvick, Happy Harvick. But before we go any further... Let's just break down the top 10. Yeah, I, let's I guess do it. that's the best way to start the show today. Top 10 from the race at Phoenix. And it's actually Avondale, Arizona, but it's near Phoenix. So people just say Avondale. And I don't think people like to say ISM Raceway because technically that's what it is. It's ISM Raceway, but it used to be, or the track used to be called Phoenix. Okay, you guys don't care. I don't even know why I'm sharing that. <laughs> Top 10. Kevin Harvick crossed the finish line first. Kyle Busch second. Chase Elliott third. Denny Hamlin fourth. Martin Truex Jr. fifth. My man Clint Boyer sixth. Eric Amarola seventh. Daniel Suarez eighth. Mm. That kind of went under the radar as well as Eric Jones came in ninth. That was also under the radar. I guess people were so focused on Kevin Harvick. 
and Kurt Busch came in 10th. Some notables, Hendrick Motorsports teammates William Byron and Alex Bowman came in 12th and 13th, and Jimmy Johnson, what did, what, we gave Jimmy a nickname. Um, Old Man Jimmy? No, uh, that wasn't his nickname. Yeah. We were calling him Papa Jimmy. Papa Jimmy. Papa Jimmy came in 14th, and no disrespect because we're all the same age. <laughs> I know, well, you, right? You're the same age as Jimmy. <laughs> But, you know, he's the the older statement on that right. team. Okay, and then also, Penske guys, this is kind of notable too. Brad Keselowski, 15th, Ryan Newman, 16th, and Joey Logano, 19th. I wrote an article for The Drive today, and it just slipped my mind, the Penske guys. They were just so uneventful during the race. I mean, I, I do remember at one point, Brad Keselowski was up there battling out with some of the leaders but aside from that I forgot all about them and why it's significant because in my article I actually talked about how the Stuart House team mm-hmm. all four drivers for the first time in their history came in top 10 again I already read the results but just to kind of go over it you had Kevin Harvick in first you had Clint Boyer six Eric Amarola seventh and Kurt Busch 10th. And Kurt Busch actually won a stage, which was crazy. Yeah. Now, ironically, I talked about the Hendrick guys because they, all four of those guys, placed top 20, which was great for them considering the string of luck that they've been having. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Johnson just has not been racing well, but he was able to finish a race for the second consecutive race. Which is highly encouraging. Yes. Let's face it, we had William and Alex 12th and 13th, and Chase Elliott was right there battling. Yeah, and you know? and, and I think what's interesting also about uh, Team Penske is that even through the, the first several races, they've all been placing rather well up until le- this past weekend in Phoenix. So yeah, yeah that, that is kind of bizarre and that they all finished outside the top 10. One other thing I forgot to mention, oh my goodness, I don't know, was I tired when I wrote the article? <laughs> But the Joe Gibbs racing team, they didn't do too shabby either because we had, let's see, Joe Gibbs, we had Kyle Busch in second, Mm -hmm. Denny Hamlin in fourth, Daniel Suarez in eighth, and Eric Jones in ninth. Wow. What's ironic about this, though, if you think about it, we've only talked about three teams, Joe Gibbs, Stuart Haas, and Penske. Mm -hmm. And those three teams typically dominate. And they dominated the race. Yeah, they did. Aside from Truex Jr., who was in fifth, well, Truex has an alliance with Joe Gibbs Racing. So technically, everybody in the top 10 was somehow, some way, a part of the big three. Yeah, and and I I don't even think Harvick dominated the race as he normally would in Phoenix. I mean, he dominates that racetrack in general. But, But just like everybody else has been saying, he found a way to win the race, and that that's ultimately what matters. That, that's all that matters. You win the race and you take the checkered flag home. He did complete the sweep. And I said he was not going to. And well, it's not really a sweep. The turkey. The turkey. Three in a row. He made me look like a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, ironically, Harvick. you said that he found a way to win. Yeah. but He found a way to make the haters hate even more. Absolutely. Because. <laughs> Tam, the one thing that that. Im- that just that got me the most that was just highly impressive was after that race was over <laughs> he got out of that car 
And he turned around and patted his hand on that win- that back window and was like, you know, if he really wanted to, he basically could have he could have rolled that last lap with the middle finger outside the window in that, that entire last lap if he really wanted to. Of course, he would never do that, and I understand that. But that is how bad he wanted to win that race. Speaking of finger out the window, and you probably don't even know this, but apparently during the race, Kyle Busch stuck his finger out the window, but it wasn't that finger. It was Well, it wasn't right. even a finger. It was a thumb. Right. So he gave a <laughs> thumb up to kind of acknowledge how the racing was going. And yeah. Kevin Harvick actually addressed that during his press conference mm-hmm. post-race in the media center that they were battling. They had fun. He talked about how much fun he had. Yeah. And that's great to hear, considering everything that's happened between his penalties and he was really upset. And I'm not mad at him. He's not upset that they took the car to the R&D center and tore it apart and found the other penalty. He's a little upset about how he felt social media influenced NASCAR's decision to penalize him. And the penalty was pretty harsh for the window. Because they took all the points away. I'm glad that he won because happy Harvick is happy. Yeah. When when Harvick's not happy, he's a, you know what? Yeah, absolutely. And I I will say this in no disrespect, but he can be a SOB, but not in a bad way. He just, he is very much a person who is strong, Mm -hmm. strong headed. The old people will say, you're bullheaded. Right, right. That's Kevin Harvick. But I like that about Kevin. Yeah, the, the only thing that I still will knock Kevin is... The fact that I know he hates social media. I know he does. And I you know think he, he hates social media? I, I mean, he's always got to, I, I mean, it's it always comes down to something about social media. Like when he did the whole Dale Hart, when him and Dale Jr. got, you know, had that little spat uh, last year. Well, it wasn't really a spat because well, it was more so right, Kevin had yeah, to say I mean, what and, he said. Right, exactly. And that some of that had to do with social media. And then here we go again with this whole social media thing. And I know Kevin Harvick is a little bit an older guy that it, that's in that generation where, you know what, I, 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 he could care less about social media, but it is what it is. And social media is here. And I just think he still has a hard time adapting to it. And that's my personal opinion. I, I, but, I I'm going to disagree because I feel okay. like he embraces social media, him and his wife. You see all the photos he posts of his son and the videos. Well, that, that's a guy who yeah. embraces social media. But hey, speaking of Dale, I actually have forgot all about him saying what he said about Dale stunning the growth of NASCAR right. last year. Mm-hmm. I don't want to drum up that, but there was a video because Dale made his NBC debut as mm-hmm. an analyst. And didn't he talk about Kevin Harvick? From what I remember him saying was just really kind of addressing the, the whole issue with what happened last week with the window bulging and then coming back and winning this weekend and rebounding. I don't think it was anything um, negative uh, unless I missed something. Did, did you hear something different? I don't recall. <laughs> no, I, because you know I don't, what? Because That's I don't what remember. OJ should have said. Yeah. <laughs> that was just really random, but I started thinking when I said I don't recall, I was just thinking about the OJ Simpson fake confession, not confession. Oh, confession, yeah. That's just really random. Uh, okay, I'm going to take it off of NASCAR for a second because I just got to say my peace of mind. Here we go. Even if you thought O.J. Simpson was not guilty all these years, if you watched that special, 
nobody in their right mind could not think OJ wasn't guilty at this point. That's all I'm going to say because me and my mother, we keep talking about it. We're like, that damn OJ, he really just went on TV and did all that. And although that interview is like 10 years old, which is crazy yeah. in itself that Fox lost it and then they found it conveniently when he got out of jail. Uh-huh. It just absolutely made no sense. You're not, I'm not saying that I've ever been guilty or something, but I have been to court. You don't recall. Right. You don't know. You don't recall. Yeah, That's absolutely. it. If you don't have a clear understanding or recollection of what happened, you're supposed to say, I don't recall. Okay, that well, was really random. I'll tell you what was guilty is that suit that Dale Jr. was wearing on TV. You didn't like it? I hated that suit. So you liked it? You know what? I actually was <laughs> about to say that. I did not Well, like it kind of reminds you of, uh, what's his name? What's our guy? Austin Dillon. Oh, okay. Okay, you're right. Yes. But I did like the tie. He's but, doing a no, lot he, better. He did. He did. But you know what? The difference between the difference between what Dale Jr. was wearing and then the one that Austin Dillon was wearing, I'm a suit guy and I know suits. The difference was is that Austin Dillon being the young gentleman that he is, uh, and very handsome looking, um, I can say that with a straight face. He wore that suit fitted. It was very fitted. It was fitted to his body type. Dale Jr.'s suit looked like it was just something that was just older and outdated. And then the shoulders and then the coat didn't seem like it fit very well. It, it seemed like it was loose. Now, maybe he was uncomfortable uh, or maybe he was comfortable in, in a looser type suit, but I think he would have looked a heck of a lot better in a more fitted suit that fit his body type a little bit more. In that suit by itself, he looked 10 years older. Basically, you're saying that he needs to wear a fitted suit. Yeah, the, that's the style that's in. That's The fitted suit look is in. Technically, he's a country guy. I mean, he's not a country guy, but he is a country guy. Dale doesn't care about suit. He's gotten Obviously. a lot better. Remember that time last year, I think it was, when I tweeted and Amy actually- Oh, yes. I think she retweeted it or she liked my tweet, <laughs> but it was in <laughs> reference to Dale's suit. So it's ironic that you're bringing up Dale's suit. I did glance at the suit and I remember thinking, oh, it, he's doing better. Right. The tie was like very red, like a vampire mm-hmm. bloody red. Right. I know that's like a random did, way to describe it, but all. it was very like yeah. red. Like Maybe it was uh, the way he was just sitting in the chair. Maybe that's why it just looked off. I don't know, but he just, the suit just didn't look Here's my good. argument about TV analysts in general. I watch Fox Sports one. Mm-hmm. So I watch Skip and Shannon in the morning, and then I watch Colin Coward. Then I change. There's like an hour or two where I don't watch any sports programming. And then I at 2 o'clock specific standard time right. in California, then I turn to ESPN because I yeah. actually like to watch. Well, it's really 2.30. I like to watch my guys. Over at PTI, pardon the interruption. PTI, I knew you were going there. That's like the that's that the, the best that and the best only one. show on ESPN yeah. to watch. I, I I will I will give Around the Horn some love. But I do occasionally yeah. watch Around the Horn, but PTI, PTI is, is my show. One. Yeah. Now, ironically, and the reason why I brought this all up is Colin Coward in the morning. His show it's a radio show that they just so happen to show on TV. He doesn't wear a suit and tie, but when he comes back on at two o'clock. For his other show, 
he has on a suit jacket. He never wears a tie. Wow. So it's just ironic. I kind of feel like if you're doing the sports, I don't necessarily think you need to have on a full suit, but maybe just a dress shirt, a collared shirt. Right. I don't even really care if you don't have on a tie because like Skip Bayless never wears a tie. He wears a suit jacket, a nice dress shirt, which I'm assuming are custom shirts, mm-hmm. and maybe a pocket square. Right, right. With Dale, Dale's not a suit type of guy, so it's going to be interesting to see how this season unfolds with him and his suits. Yeah, well- We'll uh, keep an eye on it for uh, you. Absolutely, and I didn't mean to go on a fashion uh, binge here, but- uh, Yeah, that I, wasn't I, even a part of I, the I, show today. <laughs> it was. We made an own segment. It's just that, Ted, you know, when I go and perform and I'm on stage, and if anybody's ever come to see me perform, I do dress up. And I don't always wear a suit, but most of the time, I will wear at least a nice dress shirt, a nice suit coat or blazer. And then I'll wear like some nice dress uh, jeans and uh, some nice, decent shoes. But uh, And even if you look at my personal uh, social media, you'll know how I dress. But anyway, I didn't mean to bring up a, a fashion segment. He did because he didn't like the suit. Okay. <laughs> Well, we talked about Amy. So since we're talking about wives, I yep. guess we can talk about the wives, NASCAR wives. They so, got a show coming up. Yeah. Adam Stern, who writes for Sports Business Journal, and he's great. That guy breaks so much stuff. The mm. business of NASCAR, he has you covered. He actually talks about the show that it's in the works with Austin Dillon's wife, Whitney, my girl, Muriel, who's a Monster Energy girl. And if you guys don't know, Muriel and Whitney are best friends. But Muriel also is engaged to one of Austin Dillon's pit crew guys. So that's that connection right there. And, of course, Samantha Bush is going to be you on the show. You know my girl, Samantha, had to be on the show. Oh, your girl. Okay. <laughs> so Samantha's on the show. And it was one other wife that is linked to the show. I think it was Denny Hamlin's. Is I can't remember which other wife. one. I feel like they've been together a long time. I, I'm not quite sure if it's. Well, you know wife. what? Sometimes when people are together so long, you just automatically assume that. Yeah, like just Sherry, married. Sherry and Martin Truex. Yeah, Junior been together forever. I remember meeting Sherry eight years ago in Charlotte when I was doing something with Toyota Racing, mm-hmm. and they were like engaged then. But I mean, I granted she's. Going through a lot, so nobody right. wants to go through a wedding and all this during, well. At the time. At yeah. the time, whatever. Okay, right. you guys understand what I'm saying? I don't know. Now, ironically, Adam had dug up a tweet, because he's great at digging up old tweets of his, where apparently in 2010, there was some type of show on the horizon that NASCAR was actually behind that was like a reality show for the wise, but it didn't get any burn. So that pretty much ended up being that. So we'll keep an eye out on it. And I know NASCAR Entertainment is actually working on some other shows as well. Some animation show and some other things. Looks like NASCAR is really trying to expand the brand. Yeah, I like the move. I do. I think all of this, you know, with the wives show and stuff like that, I think it's just another small part of of NASCAR just trying to do what it really needs to do and try to create more fans in, in whatever way they can. And if this is one, and I'm sure there's probably people out there that are going, ah, this, that's cheesy. They got enough with the basketball wives. They got enough with that. And the, but it's not I, NASCAR right, wives. Right, but it's not NASCAR wives. That's the difference. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing with basketball wives, there's the WAG show that's totally different than basketball wives. The ironic thing about all these wives shows, whether it's housewives, basketball wives, yeah. nobody's actually a wife. Yeah. 
That's the crazy <laughs> thing that there are these girls on the show that are linked to athletes, but nobody's a wife. I mean, technically, I could have went on a show. <laughs> the podcast wives. No, I was back <laughs> in my day. You know, I dated. Yeah. She's she not going to name no. drop, but she's just going to tell you. <laughs> not a few, dated. but I, I, I was in a relationship once upon a time. <laughs> okay. What else do we need to talk about? I think like this show is the quickest show in the history. Well, I guess it's time for predictions and the fan comment. Well, we can definitely go into fan comment. And, uh, you know, Leah, let's let's do fan comment. We're going to take a fan comment straight from our Twitter chat. And just a reminder, because we haven't did a public announcement for this episode. First of all, you can find the show on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Whether you have an iPhone or an Android, there's no excuse. You can catch an episode of the show on any of those platforms. Our second public announcement, and this is a joke if you guys didn't know. It's not a joke. We really do want you to go out and listen to the (laughs) podcast. But me saying our public announcement, is that the correct term, public announcement? Yeah, well, just our uh, segment announcement. Okay. Our Twitter chat, it was lit. Our last one, because we changed the time. I'm, I'm not quite sure if we're going to make that our new time, but our last Twitter chat, we did Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, because we wanted to give everyone an opportunity to get settled from work, because we realized, I guess, at 12 o'clock when we were doing it, 12 o'clock specific time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, some of you guys were still knee-deep at the desk at the office doing work. And uh, Daylight Savings has a lot to do with that too that we just recently Oh, I don't even acknowledge Daylight Savings because what happens, I go to sleep and I wake up and then whatever time the phone says it is, that's what time it is. Oh, there you go. On that note, let's just go right into our fan comment of the week. Again, it was taken from the Twitter chat. We asked about six questions during this chat. A lot of you guys had a lot to say. Many of you had a lot to say, so it just kind of flowed. I mean, the Twitter chat ended up being about an hour and a half this last time out. But we're only going to take one question. And that question posted by us was very simple and very random. Kyle Bush or Denny Hamlin, who do you want on your team? Why or why not? Hashtag NASCAR talk. Renee, who you want on your team? If you're a team owner, you mm-hmm. going with Kyle Bush? Or Denny Hamlin? Right off the bat, I'm going with Kyle Busch. Like, I didn't even have to think about that. I love Denny Hamlin. I think Denny Hamlin is a great driver. Obviously, he's got some wins underneath his belt. He's a veteran driver who knows what he's doing out there. He's not a dirty driver. And regardless of of the circumstances of things that he's gone through in, in his career with other drivers, I respect Denny Hamlin a lot. But something about Kyle Busch, I like that fire. I like that personality. And those are the guys that I feed off of. And those are the guys that I love working with. Guys who just, like Kevin Harvick, who find motivation somewhere. Something that they can find to motivate them to try to win. And speaking of which, while we're talking about Kyle Busch, he obviously came in second again. And he's just right there. He can taste victory. And I think the more and more he comes in second, the more and more it pisses him off. (laughs) But I would definitely go with Kyle Busch. That's the guy that I want in the car. Ironically, I'm going to read all some of the comments, but nobody picked Denny Hamlin. Maybe one person. Zane Taylor, he actually says, 
and his user is ZaneTaylor33. Zane says, Kyle, I prefer his driving style to that of Hamlin, even though I'm not a fan of him most of the time. Very honest, because most people aren't fans of Kyle Busch. Right. And let's see, Ryan Goodrum, and we always read a comment from Ryan. Ryan, thank you so much for supporting us. Ryan, user is Ryan underscore Goodrum. He says, Denny and I have a lot in common. Neither one of us has won a NASCAR championship. I thought that was actually quite funny. Yeah, I can't believe I just snorted. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> it was funny when, because I knew something. I knew something so sarcastic was coming. I just yeah. didn't think that that was it. So he says, <laughs> and then he actually tags Kyle Busch, which is kind of crazy because I don't think when you say something bad about a driver, you should actually tag them in the tweet just yeah. in case they read. You know, is it Jimmy? Fallen, who does the mean tweets? Um, yeah, I believe so. I think it is. Yeah, I thought that was it. Was oh. funny. I won't say it was mean because it, it yeah. was mean, I guess, but it was funny. So he also goes on to write Kyle Bush as much attention that he has gotten over the years, good or bad. He has backed it up. Has won, and he put one W O N in all caps. Has won championships in all three series plus NASCAR has made up rules to limit his running in other series. So he followed his mean tweet up with a tweet of encouragement, because it is true. Kyle Busch has won in all three series, and he's a champ, and all he does is win. Mm -hmm. So, hey, I'm going to pick Kyle Busch as well. Reading some other comments, because they were actually pretty funny and interesting. NASCAR loving... What is this? NASCAR loving... Hiveling. I think I totally messed that up, but this is much easier. User at the Robster 2014. He writes Kyle Bush, his desire to win. The reason most people don't like him is because he gets mad when he finishes second or worse. I see that as a good thing. I see that as desire to be the best. I mean, that's the only way you can interpret it. I mean, he obviously has some extra stuff to say yeah. about a lot of things, mm-hmm. but the reality is all the guy does is win. Oh my God, this was... Okay, Seth, Seth Roy, his user is Seth Joseph Roy. Seth is new to NASCAR, and I feel very honored as well as privileged, as well as having an obligation because he found us as a new fan. To NASCAR. That that actually means a lot to me. I'm sure it means a lot to you as well, Renee. Yeah. So Seth writes, my intro to Kyle Bush was a video of him losing a fight to Logano's crew last year and looking like a fool. Second intro was him whining about rookies. Hamlin picked a fight with Wallace, my favorite young driver. I'd rather have neither. But I take Kyle Bush because he's more successful. Yeah. And that pretty much sums it up. That's actually, I want to read more comments, but I feel like maybe I should end it on that because that's a guy who's new to NASCAR. You know, they always say you're a role model, whether you Mm -hmm. think so or not. Clearly, this is not a role model situation. Unless you're Charles Barkley, but yeah. But the (laughs) fact that this guy, Seth, is new to our sport Mm -hmm. and his first introduction to Kyle Busch was when Kyle Busch punched but didn't punch. Right. 
but got stumped. Yep. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Everybody's interpretation of that, I was that say. actual situation <laughs> is a little bit different. You never know who's watching. You never know how it unfolds, I guess. We have so many more comments. Okay, I, I just want to read one more. I'm sorry. Charlie Bowles, his user is Charlie Bowles 6. He writes, Kyle, not a question. Kyle is a huge competitor and would make any team better. Yeah, that sounds about right. Okay, one last comment, only because this user, his username is Bad Rowdy Racing. So yeah. I have to read his comment. Definitely read He that says, one. Rowdy, of course, runs KBM well, loves finding and developing racers. Rowdy, best racer for JGR and years younger than Hamlin. He drives all three series and 2015 champ. Hamlin gave money to the 32, but also freaks on Bubba after Daytona. Two faces. Okay, I didn't quite understand yeah. the last couple of words that came out of my right. mouth, but okay. <laughs> Get it? Got it? Good. Good. It is time for Renee's favorite part of the show. It is time for some predictions. Predictions. It's time for Tam and Renee's race predictions. We are in Fontana this week, and Fontana this weekend, and um, I wish I could go to the races because I really wanted to go to the race, but I'm going to be, like I said, in Phoenix. I'm going to just throw this out there that I know Kevin Harvick has been on fire. He's been making the veteran drivers look good, but the one thing that's tearing me apart right now is because I want to pick Kyle Busch because he's like right on the cusp of winning by coming in second the last several races. I know he's there and I know he, he, he's going to do it. It's not going to be in Fontana. I'm going to go. And you ready for this? I'm ready. I'm going to go with Kyle Larson again. I don't know what it is, but I feel Kyle Larson is going to break out. And if it's not Kyle Larson, I don't think it's going to be a veteran driver that's going to win this week. It might be another young guy and one of the other young bucks might win. And if it is, I don't know who it's going to be, but I got a feeling Kyle Larson is going to come away with a checkered flag. And if it's going to be a veteran driver, out of all veteran drivers, I'm going to go with Kyle Busch. Okay, so you're going with the Kyles. Yes, I'm going with Kyle Squared. Okay, well. Younger Kyle first, then the older Kyle. Well, it's time for the history lesson. Each week for our new listeners, I give you the past 10 winners at the track that we're at. We're in Fontana. We're in Hollywood. I'm going to be at the race, but I am going to miss the driver's meeting which I look forward to the driver's meeting in Fontana because they do red carpet and it's so Hollywood and they have like these little lounge. You were in Fontana last year. Uh -huh. So, you know, they do like the, wait, did you go to the driver's meeting last? Yes, I did. Yeah. I went with you. That's all a blur. Yeah, because, it, uh, well, it was so, it, it, I mean, so long ago, but I remember yeah, going to the ago. I know. I remember going to the driver's meeting with you. Okay. Um, Oh, yeah, that's right. Because yeah, we yeah, were yeah. hanging out with mm -hmm. Barry Sanders Jr. That, that is correct. God, he looks so much like his dad. I saw, I saw Barry Sanders Jr. I thought he was actually Barry Sanders. That's how that's how much he looks like his father. He came up to me in Daytona, and I he was like, hey. And he went to hug me, and I was like. <laughs> and then I was like, because he looks so he looks exactly know, like his he, dad. I was like, oh, Barry. <laughs> Barry Sanders Jr. Like Jr. And you guys do know who Barry Sanders is, yeah. I hope. Where even if you don't follow football, he was only the greatest 
football player. Well, yeah. not greatest football player, right. but only the greatest running back. And not just for the Lions, yeah. but in NFL. And then he just guy. walked away. Oh, my God. Like, because he had played, what, really, 11 years? Yeah. I Something was really like sad that. when he walked away. I really he just, was. I mean, sometimes you just draw in the towel when you're playing for a losing team. Yep. They still losing. Yeah, they do. <laughs> That's what's so crazy about it. On that note, I got so sidetracked. I was talking about the mm-hmm. red carpet. So the driver's right. meeting at Fontana is pretty interesting. It's actually worth going to. The driver's meeting in Las Vegas is outside, but the meeting in Fontana is inside, like most driver's meeting, but mm-hmm. it's red carpet, lounge chairs, celebrities. I actually, I'm actually expecting some good celebrities at this race. We know Terry Crews usually comes to yeah, the race. Yeah, he loves NASCAR. And he brings his son. I saw Sean Merriman, the football player who's also That's a, right. He was there last year. Yeah, but for those that don't know, Sean Merriman, who used to play for the San Diego Superchargers, he, I think he played for another team too. He owns a NASCAR team. He actually owns a K&N series team, which is Jesse Iwuji's team. And... I'm always shouting out myself, but why not? I actually interviewed Jesse last month, and I have a really great article about Jesse and the interview posted on thedrive.com, so make sure to check that out. On that note, moving right along, there'll be some other celebrities, mm-hmm. so stay tuned for next episode when we talk about all the celebrities that were there. Right. I won't be at the driver's meeting because, as I told you guys, I'm headed to Florida for the endurance race for the 12 hours Sebring's race and then I'm flying back into Los Angeles on Sunday morning and I'm hightailing it down the highway to Fontana which is about an hour and 30 minute drive but I'm gonna miss the driver's meeting but I'll be there in time for the race okay that was a lot I may even edit some of this out (laughs) and I'm telling you guys yeah I may edit it out but if not you'll hear the unedited version Past 10 winners, 2008, Carl Edwards, 2009, Matt Kenseth, 2010, Jimmy Johnson, 2011, Kevin Harvick, 2012, Tony Stewart, 2013, Kyle Busch, 2014, Kyle Busch, 2015, Brad Keselowski, 2016, Jimmy Johnson, and 2017, Kyle Larson. Some notable situations in Fontana at the Auto Club Speedway, Jimmy Johnson is a six-time winner. I want to point this out. Last year, Renee was all about Jimmy Johnson. It was. You have not, this entire year, have not picked Jimmy not to win anything. All. Okay, you're going to eat those mean words. That doesn't mean anything, though. That, I don't, don't think he's going to win don't now. Don't read into that. Don't read, I, I, exactly. But I think he's, he's... It's a coming. Yeah, it's coming. You can see that storm, and it's, it's a coming. And it's got a 48 in it, in those clouds. The question remains if, Harvick can make this four consecutive cup race wins in a row? I'm not sure, but I'll let you know this. He has one win at the Auto Club, Mm -hmm. which came in 2011. So he hasn't won on that track in seven years. Wow. He also has one Xfinity win at the Auto Club. He has one K&N series win. And way back in 2002, he won a race in the IROC series. So he's actually won on every level at the Auto Club except the truck series. So he definitely knows how to get it done at this track. But will he get it done? We'll see. 
Kyle Busch is a four-time winner at the Auto Club in the Cup Series. And because all he does is win, he's an eight-time winner in the Xfinity Series at the Auto Club. And he's won two Camping World Truck Series races in Fontana at the Auto Club. So those are the notables. And now you want to know my notable as in who's going to win. Drum roll, please. Drum roll. I need more like a (laughs) 16-piece orchestra. (laughs) Okay. I'm going with Harvick for four consecutive wins. Really? Just because. Wow. And my young gun, my alternative pick, which is a young gun pick, Mm -hmm. I'm going with Larson. Yeah. Because you know what? I was actually at, I should have looked this up, but Kyle Larson won in 2017. If I'm not mistaken, he won the Xfinity race at the Auto Club because I was there. Because I remember being there when he was ringing the bell. Because that's what they do at the Auto Club. They ring this crazy bell. So yeah, I'm going with Kyle Larson. Although, what did he do last week? Mm, He wasn't even top 10 last week. No, but. You know, the, the, uh, okay, that's my pick. I'm sticking to it. Okay, well, that's her pick. She's going to stick to it. And those are my picks, and I'm sticking to it. If you guys have a pick, we'd love to know who they are. We'd love to know who you think is going to win. And if you have an alternative pick of who's going to win, let us know about it, whether he's a young driver or whether it's a veteran driver. Don't say old because we don't like to say old on this podcast. But hit us up on our social media. You can find us across the board at Turns No Breaks on our Twitter account and our Instagram account. You can follow us on Facebook. Please look us up. And you can also go to our website. It's allturnsnobreaks.com. Please look us up. Follow us. And if you know anybody who loves NASCAR just as much as you do, just as much as we do, and would enjoy listening to our podcast, please turn them on. And as like Tam said earlier, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and Spotify. So please follow us. Thank you so much. And we will see you again here next week. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for tuning in with Tam and Renee. 